The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfit a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. She said, she said. You know, I know what it's like to be dead. No, 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 you're wrong! Ah! Well, in either case, this is two songs in one. Like, hey, Jude. Uh, by the way, I know what you're going to say. Having this as a warm gun is four songs, so relax. Yeah, relax, theoretical. Take a chill pill. Yeah, theoretical, we can pot it out fan who's mad at us. Yeah, we love you, but come yeah. on. Fortunately, I like both of the Tootskis. Uh, the first one, the Versus one, has cool jingly guitar. Without knowing the backstory behind it, the lyrics seemingly about a smug know-it-all are relatable. And yes, I'm a big fan of relatable. <laughs> the other song, The Bridge, the one probably titled When I Was a Boy, I Wish Was Longer. Yeah, I, I think I would love to hear a longer version of that. Uh and I really do love it when they like mash two ideas together to make, you know, one thing. They're working together. It's great. I like when they work together. Uh, the gu- Teamwork. Yeah, it makes the dream work. Um, the guitar line is so, so good in this song. It's like the, the, the electric guitar is like the highlight of Revolver. And mm-hmm. I just love the lines, like the guitar lines that they get on this record. Except it doesn't sound The final track recorded for Revolver, She Said, She Said, was inspired by an LSD-influenced conversation between John Lennon and actor Peter Fonda. Ah. During the Beatles' U.S. tour in the summer of 65, they rented a house in Los Angeles' Mulholland Drive. On August 24th, they played host to Roger McGuinn and David Crosby of the Birds, and the two parties, apart from Paul McCartney, spent the day tripping on LSD. Famously, Paul was just a day tripper. That's right. He he t- he, <laughs> he finally takes LSD, and then he tells the world that he did it, which pissed off the other Beatles. <laughs> like, oh, anyway, the actor Peter Fonda arrived at the house, also on acid. He attempted to conf- conf- comfort George Harrison, who thought he was dying. This is Peter Fonda speaking. I told him there was nothing to be afraid of, and that all he needed to do was relax. I said that I knew what it was like to be dead, because when I was 10 years old, I'd accidentally shot myself in the stomach, and my heart stopped beating th- three times while I was on the operating table, because I lost so much blood. John was passing at the time and heard me saying, I know what it's like to be dead. He looked at me and said, you're making me feel like I've never been born. Who put all that shit in your head? (laughs) Anyway, Fonda also wrote more about it in Rolling Stone magazine, which you can look up. Um, He he at one point pointed out that it was a thoroughly tripped out atmosphere because the Beatles kept finding girls hiding under tables. One snuck into the pool room through a window while an acid-fired Ringo was shooting, shooting pool with the wrong end of the queue. Wrong end, he'd say. So what fucking difference does it make? <laughs> e- uh, 
I'll bring him. Um, Harrison recalls in the Beatles anthology, Peter Fonda was showing us his bullet wound. He was very uncool. Man, Fonda must have been real fun at this party. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's worse than the guy who brings the guitar. Yeah, he's worse than the guitar guy. <laughs> hey, look at my bullet wound. Chicks dig scars. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> Uh, in Roger McGuinn's recollection, Lennon's mood towards Fonda was influenced by his dislike of Cat Baloo, a film starring Fonda's sister Jane, which they had watched earlier in the day. Well, they'll take it out his, on her brother. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's not fair. Switching between 4-4 and 3-4 time signatures, she said she said was written by Lennon with some help from George. I was at his house one day, George Harrison said. This is the mid-60s, and he was struggling with some tunes. He had loads of bits, maybe three songs that were unfinished, and I made suggestions and helped him to work them together so that they became one finished song. She said, she said. The middle part of that record is a different song. See, George is happy to help you, John. I know. Come on. Was it the same session where John helped with Taxman? I don't know. Mm, Maybe. Although he performed on the rhythm track, maybe... Paul McCartney walked out of the session following an argument prior to the song's completion. Paul's recollection was, John brought it in pretty much finished, I think. She, uh, she said, she said. I'm not sure, but I think it was one of the only Beatle records I'd ever played on. I think we'd had a, bar, uh, a Barney or something. And I said, oh, fuck you. And they said, well, we'll do it. I think George played bass. <laughs> and, and to this day, it is a Beatle mystery... As to whether or not Paul's bass, it's Paul playing the bass or George playing the bass uh, in the final version. Uh, And and also a mystery as to why Paul left in a huff. Yeah. Some some believe that it's because uh, they thought the song was, again, making fun of Paul for not trying LSD at that point. Also, I've never Um, heard the phrase, we'd had a Barney. Well, yeah, me neither, but I'm going to start using it. Uh, I used to say Donnybrook, but uh, Barney's, Barney's pretty good. Also, Paul might have been upset that John asked George for help. Yeah. You know? Uh, maybe Revenge for Eleanor Rigby. Hmm. Infighting. Hmm. Surely they'll get over it and they'll stay in band forever. Oh, totally. But, uh, yeah, this song was the last recorded um, it wasn't until the very end when most of Revolver was mixed and ready to be mastered that someone realized the album was a song short. The LPs of that era were a lot more concise than today's CDs, but if they were too short, there would be complaints, or worse yet, returns from consumers. And I think a lot of that is because of the price of an LP back in the day. So I did some... We're, we're bringing, back, bringing back the math segment. Um <laughs> How much I looked how much a, like an LP was in 1966, and it's the equivalent of forty three dollars today. Wow, I didn't know that. So like that's why like the LP was you know not something that was really purchased by teenagers. They were buying singles because they could actually afford those, and albums were more you know for your parents really. But you know in England they would give you 14 songs on a record. So there was, and in the United States famously only 12. Uh, so yeah, there was more bang for your buck or pound with the UK 
albums. And if it was 13, people were going to feel shortchanged. This was the last time that uh, America messed with uh, yes. the Beatle albums. Yes. Because uh, and as you are, you have the American version of Revolver, which is missing I'm Only Sleeping mm-hmm. and two other John tracks. Um, what happened was in 1967, the Beatles signed a new contract with EMI, and it was part of the deal. They said America couldn't fuck with uh, their albums anymore. Yeah, their artwork, like they hated the artwork for help. Um, and yes. So they stopped. I mean, most of the, a lot of the early records, like, I mean, Please Please Me didn't come out in the United States until 1987. Anywho. Wild stuff. Wild stuff. It's w- wacky wild stuff. Uh, Bingo. So, so uh, it was reco- the song was recorded and mixed in nine hours because they were in a rush. Uh, although John did make the group run for the song dozens of times before he was satisfied with the final result. At some point, Paul walked out. Uh, the recording of She Said, She Said was completed by 4 a.m. on June 22, 1966. Mono and stereo mixes were made that evening. Springo's drumming on She Said, She Said is often included among his best performances. Author and critic Ian McDonald rated the drumming as technically finer than Ringo's other tour de force, Rain. He, he's great on this track. Absolutely great. Ray Davies alert. Ah, he's back. Ray Davies. He said of She Said, She Said, this song is in to restore confidence in the old Beatles sound. That's all. Huh. That's a bit dismissive. Yeah, he's, he's saying it's a rock and roller, you know, standard rock and roll tune, probably. Yeah, like... That's how I interpret yeah, it. Yeah, like the Kinks never did that. It has been covered, uh, this song has been covered by Lodestar, Ween, The Black Keys, Matthew Sweet, Government Mule, The Feelies, Tom Newman, The Chords, Snake River Conspiracy, Mark Mulcahy, The Walking Seeds, and Yeah Yeah No. Cheap Trick performed it as part of the Howard Stern Show's tribute to Revolver in 2016. I gotta listen to that. Yeah. In 2018, the music staff of Tyrell London breaks She Said, She Said at number 19 on their list of the best Beatles songs. Love Count Zero. Mm-hmm. None. Josie Scale, I'm going to give this a yeah. I agree. This song is a yeah for me too. Yes, 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 you're right. <laughs> the Beatles are a pretty nice band. Talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot So are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band Someday we'll judge if they're fine Oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine